All right, another episode of Bitchin' right here live at the All Things Comedy Studio brought to you by my great sponsor, Earthquaker Devices. Check them out if you play guitar, bass, drums, whatever. If you play music, you need some foot pedals, some stomp boxes, some rock and roll machines. Hit them up from Akron, Ohio, Handmade Pedals, uh, EarthquakerDevices.com. Check them out on Twitter and Instagram. What's happening, Spicer? Good to be back, man. We, I, I, you know, we bonded in Phoenix, and you, you went away with some other young love to Las <laughs> Vegas. I heard you got married. I yeah. went to San Francisco, also got married. Wow, it's, uh, it's been a long time. Welcome back. Yeah, thank you, dude. Uh, that's one of the things, Jeremiah. He got lucky. Someone fell out uh, on the host spot, and he grabbed it. Yeah, and um, you know, thank God, man. Vegas for seven <laughs> days. I, 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 it's really, it's almost like a test. If you go alone, you don't come back. Oh, it's, it, it, it's fucking brutal. If you don't gamble or, uh, or, or, or your bachelorette party or, yeah. or anything like that, you're in hell. It's a lonely, it's a really fun place that quickly becomes lonely if you're not there just to, yeah, party for a weekend. Like yeah. day four, you're like, oof. The cigarettes. The <laughs> cigarettes alone. Look, look at this. I see it. Some house keys. Oh, I got shit. a fucking place to live, man. Let's pop that. There it is. <laughs> Done. Fuck. Are you moved in or are you no, just No, I'm not moved in. <laughs> I just went and it's so funny today. I opened it up and uh, it's got 70s carpet in there. Uh, we're waiting on a call right now from Bill Burr, which is going to be great. He has a brand new show coming out um, December 18th on Netflix. It's an animated series called F is for Family, and uh, he just told me it got an incredible review in the Variety. If you haven't watched the trailer for it, stop listening to Dean and I babble yeah. and go fucking watch the trailer for it right now. It oh, looks incredible. I'm going to love it because I love the era it's in. It's it's 70s, and uh, if you fucked around, you, your dad or mom would slap you, no jail. Nothing. Yeah. It's just growing up. I wonder what the nostalgia will be for this era, for like my kids. Will they look back and go, yeah, man, I miss growing up. Oh, Here he is. Let's grab the call. Yo, Bill, you there? Yeah, now what's up? There he is, Bill Burr, guys, the great Bill Burr. We're just talking about your show right now, F is for Family. Uh, so uh, I'm pretty fired up to see this. It comes out on December 18th, right? Yes, it does. You can watch all six episodes that took us four years to do. <laughs> <laughs> four years? Four years between, between initially pitching the idea to uh, Wild West and Swan's company, uh, finding a showrunner, coming up with the whole concept, selling it, and then, you know, the, everything else. It's taken four years, and you guys can devour it in about two hours and 45 minutes. <laughs> now, we, we've been watching the trailers, and it's I, I grew up in the 70s, and, uh, and I relate to it right away. It's definitely back before the pre- PC era, and you know, there's a great scene where you're like, uh, "Grab me a, a beer there." When you're you were driving with your son in the car, that shit's real from the '70s, right? I think it's still real. I think a lot of that stuff <laughs> is real. People just they just focus on like the one person in the crowd that got offended. You know what I mean? And the other, you know, 300 people that went to the show had a good time. So I think there's a, uh, you know, I think there's a, a sort of I don't know. Over-reporting on one side. I think people are mature enough and adult enough to realize they're watching a cartoon and that 20 years of parenting won't go out the window with one joke. So I think I think it'll be fine. 
you can you can really get away with stuff with animation, right? Because they just think like, oh, it's just a cartoon, right? You can get away with anything if the people you're in business with uh, don't treat five complaints like they're five billion complaints. Like, I'm trying to honestly think the last time I was offended. I've been shocked. Some of the stuff that, you know, uh, that guy, that dude, that Donald Trump thing who yelled at the uh, the Mexican guy who was actually a citizen of the country. Yeah. Some white dude in his 50s goes, get out of my country. Now, that surprised me. I was like, really? Some guy in his 50s still thinks dumb things like that? Well, I've been saying, but yeah. I wasn't offended. I was like, well, you know, I've run into racists on the road. So, I mean, I wasn't like, I guess not offended is the wrong word. I guess I was just maybe depressed to see something like that. But the fact that people will, like, go after comics and, you know, with more um, gusto than they will, like, stuff like that, or, like, bankers stealing from everybody on the planet, it's just, you know, I think with just easy targets, it's clickbait, nobody really gets hurt, and then a comic apologizes, and then it's over. It's it's silly, really. It's true, right? I, uh... I, it's amazing. I was just in Vegas all week doing comedy, and uh, it was rodeo week. Nice there. plug, Dean. Man, I really worked <laughs> that in. That oh, yeah. Sweet. I wasn't bragging. Was I'm about to fucking show you. I was one step, uh, I was cruise ship on land. Dean plugs the <laughs> so, shows he already so, yeah. did that so, you can no yeah, longer yeah. go to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and anyway, my point is, it was rodeo week. So I was doing a bit where I was like, how do we feel about Obama? And... I couldn't believe the shit people would say out loud in the audience, you know? And uh, and then they're worried about what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Like, these guys would just yeah, scream. Yeah, you know, well, I mean, you know, well, you get a bunch of drunk cowboys. You can't expect, hey, what do you think of our black president? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think is going to happen? I mean, but I mean, having said that, if somebody were to cr- criticize his presidency just with him as a president, I would I wouldn't have a problem with that. It's when you go to that next level. Yeah. You know, it gets, uh, that's when it starts, you know, you start looking around for the nearest exit to get out. Yep. Yeah. Now, let me ask you about the animation a little bit, because I'm a huge fan of animated stuff. And I think one of the best parts about that Kurt Cobain uh, montage of Heck film was the animation. It was incredible. Now, how did you pick the style? Did you have a style of the look that you wanted? Because, you know, we have like Simpson style. Then we have like... um, the uh what's the big one on uh it was like rick and morty Archer, south yeah. park yeah and south park a, so which which stuff did you have a laser yeah i watch them all dude i love all axe cop is a big i'm a big fan of axe cop um all that adult swim stuff and i think so south park's done the best social commentary they, they just they've kind of done everything the best as far as I'm concerned for like the last almost 20 years. I mean, they're, and I, I think people take them for granted. Uh, I think they're amazing. But as, as far as coming up with the style for efforts for family, uh, you know, before we went into it, we knew what we wanted as far as this. We had a mission statement, no lava lamp, because <laughs> I think. Like every show about every TV show or movie about the 70s, it makes it look like everybody had a lava lamp and they drove a pacer or had a hornet. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're so right. You're so right. Those are like big black car, and that's not how it was. Like the 70s that I remember was, you know, there was a bunch of cars from the 60s, first of all, because most people drive a car that's five, six, seven, eight years old. 
few cars left over from the 50s, and then maybe your neighbors had some newer cars. I mean, it's sort of the early 70s, uh, you know, Serpico era of the 70s that we were kind of go more Rust Belt kind of look is what we were going for. So no pet rocks or mood rings? Yeah, no, I remember, I vividly remember when the Pacer came out the first time, me and my mom, we were riding around, and I don't know if we had a Chevy Chevette at that point or we were still driving the Buick, but I remember we saw that car and we were both laughing, going, that is the ugliest thing. <laughs> I knew it was ugly, and I was like seven or eight years old when it came out, but they make it seem like everybody was just like, no, these things are cool. They, those things were weird when they came out. They were weird 10 years later, and they're still weird. But <laughs> yeah. the way they do it in the movies is they make it seem like people, oh, man, hey, sweet ride. You know, like those hipster jokes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, that, that, that's the hipster view of, like, the 70s, where people were completely unaware um, of, of stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Now let's talk about the cast. So you got Laura Dern plays your wife, right? Yep, Laura Dern plays my wife, uh, Susan. And then uh, as far as the kids go, uh, Justin Long plays my son, Kevin. Kaylee Reinhardt does the voice of Little Bill. And Debbie Derryberry, who if you've watched any Pixar movie, you've probably heard of her a million times, uh, does the voice of Maureen, the daughter. And then filling out the cast, I mean, we just got a Kevin. We got Kevin Michael Richardson. Mo Collins from Mad TV, Kevin Farley, David Keckner, Gary Cole, uh, wow. Phil Henry, if you're a big radio fan, I was a big fan of his show, uh, uh, Trevor Duvall, and even Joe Buck. Wow, Joe announcer. Buck. Joe he, Buck. He, even Joe Buck got in there and did a, uh, did a great job doing a voice. And, uh, but it was, you know, things really got going once. Once we brought Mike Price on from The Simpsons, and uh, <laughs> you know he's he's been, he's been over there forever, and he you know I have to be honest with you, like the plan that's really lined up, like Vince's company, Wild West, like I've never been in business with people like that. They just know what they're doing, they know how to put together a team, and they know how to get something on air. And being in business with them, and then getting with Mike Price, and then we got it at Netflix. The note, the network notes I got from from Netflix was push it further. <laughs> oh no, shit! No, 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 dude, it's been a dream. I mean, wow. it's been a ton of work. I'm not gonna lie to you. Yeah. And I've I've been a bit of a baby a couple times towards the end of the day, getting all grumpy. You know, I'm spoiled as a comic. Like Jesus, we've been here for eight hours. Let's get out. Of here. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's really been a dream situation, and um, you know, we had a uh, an incredible writers' room. Um, Tom Giannis, Dave Richardson. Uh, we we just it was. I know I'm gonna. I was never forgetting somebody. We we had we had a. We it was just we had we just laughed our asses off. I, that's all I remember was just writing the thing, laughing every day, getting big laughs. It's easy, tedious as it is, but I definitely have a whole newfound respect for writers in a writers' room because, you know, just from day one, you know, with each script, somebody has to go home and get that big rock moving and start pushing it up the hill. And uh, it's not until you do the second or third rewrite that you feel like the rock's rolling down the hill and not going up. And, uh, you know, I had to, uh, I had to, you know, thank God I had all those other people to prop me up to help those stories get told. Now, are the stories uh, from your childhood growing up, you just riff them to them and then they start writing a story around it? Um, it's from everybody's childhood. So like when, when we, when we put together the writer's room, 
um, we just sort of asked people about their childhood and if they had, you know, you know, if they had like, you know, oh, my mom always had an apple pie sitting on the windowsill. We're like, oh, that's great. See you later. <laughs> if, they, if they were just like, yeah, my brother used to throw me down the stairs every time uh, his team lost or something for whatever reason. Like, this stuff like that. Yeah. And, you know, there's so many stories that people have. And what I'm hoping is, is when people watch this show, when we get a fan page, I'm sure people will start sharing stories. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That we could we can animate and throw into the world if it fits. I mean, even my manager told me a story. They used to take road trips and he used to always get car sick when he was a little kid. Yeah. But his dad didn't want to stop because he didn't want to lose any time. Yeah. So when he would go to get sick, his mother would roll down the window and hold him <laughs> outside the car as he would be puking as they would come <laughs> down the highway. <laughs> Which is funny enough in live, anim- live action, but if you animate that, I mean, just yeah. stuff, once you can... You're actually, what I like about this show is you're like taking true stories and then you add the whole element of animation where you can really go over the top in some points. But, yeah, with you the know, si- like most of the stuff I try to do, I try, we try to keep it grounded in reality and have it be more like character driven jokes rather than set up or punch. But we got to, we still have a couple of silly jokes in there that I love. You got, you got to get the scene in there with the babysitter that spanks you with a Hot Wheel track. That's <laughs> that's some real oh, shit. Oh, okay. No, that's actually uh, <laughs> that's it. I, you know, that's something that's actually. I already just saw the whole episode. That's a good B story. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking psycho babysitter, Mrs. Stevens. Just write that one up. <laughs> um, there you go. All right, I know you got to get going, but uh, so one last question. Uh, now, now, when you were in the VO, was that weird to get used to? Because I've seen uh, when people do it, like The Simpsons and stuff, it's so weird to watch them in there and they're doing their voices and everything. Uh, was that kind of cool and a strange new new thing for you? Yeah, it took me about two or three, I think maybe like about three sessions for me to get 100% comfortable. Um, and then I was able to, to just feel as comfortable as I am in a comedy club. But yeah, it took a minute. Just, it was definitely, uh, you know, talking into a microphone. I've obviously done that enough in my life, but it was sort of like not having lines necessarily memorized, but you do the whole episode. So they just keep giving you pages. Oh, wow. Um, so you do it like and, right there live, not stuff. You're just watching the cartoon, right? Oh, no, 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 no. You record first and then they draw the cartoon. Oh, to that. I got you. I got you. Uh, yeah, and then how you do the performance usually informs the direction that the first draft of the drawing goes. Um, you know, it's it's a hell of a process, but I got to tell you, it was you know it was a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun and a lot of laughs, and uh, we're hoping that people are, are going to like it. No matter what, I'm, I'm, this is the most proud of any pilot or uh, chunk of episodes of anything that I've, I've tried to get on TV that I've ever made that I, I uh, I'm, I'm really proud of this stuff. That's awesome. So December 18th, Netflix. And you can binge watch all of them. That's great. And then you just got a great review to said today, right? Who did that one? The Hollywood Reporter. God, that's great. That is great, man. I'm fired up for it, man. It, 
I love you, man. You're you're an amazing human, and I'm glad you're in my life. And, and thank you so much. And and you deserve everything that you get, man. You're a good dude, and and that's the bottom line. Well, some of the some of the people say that. The other people tell the truth. But I appreciate that. I've never met somebody say I've never. Oh fuck that guy. I've never, and I'm out there all day and night. It doesn't happen. <laughs> you know what they say? The best. <laughs> uh, if you expanded your circle a little bit, you can definitely find it. Okay? <laughs> let's, not, uh, let's not exaggerate. Uh, I'm uh, nice to you, Dean. How about that? I lo- <laughs> hey, thank God, man. Thank God. I love you, dude. And uh, anything else you want to pump while you're on? You, you got on the road or Yeah, anything? you know what? I'm actually sitting here. Uh, Bonnie McFarlane has a new book coming out. She did send it to me, hoping that I would... Uh, and she was like, hey, can you just write a blurb about it or something like that? And uh, this book, I like, all I had to read was like a chapter or two and just say it's funny, but I'm actually going to read the whole thing. It's hilarious. Wow. It's really funny. That's cool. What's it called? You know what? Let me see if I got the name of it. It's not coming out. I, I don't know when it's coming out. Now, hang on. I can't talk about it and then not know the name. Hold on, hold on, hold you on. You got it. Hang on, dude. I was just watching a killer video. Have you seen that that drum video where? Uh, oh, it's called "You're Better Than Me." Okay. You're better than me. Um, What's have you the... seen that drum video where uh, with Dave Grohl, Questlove, Taylor Hawkins, and all them are are talking about uh, Ringo's drumming, and they're sitting behind his iconic Ludwig drum kit. No, what's Max that? Weinberg. Who's that guy, Abe, that, that plays with uh, Abe, Paul McCartney? Oh, yeah, uh, Abe, uh, Abe Vigora or whatever. What is his name? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. He lives in Beachwood. Chad Smith, all these killer drummers just talking about Ringo's drumming and all that. And it's interesting. My brother just told me to watch it. I just checked it out. But what's really cool about it is um, the owner of the Indianapolis Colts, Jim Irsay, just bought that kit for $2.2 million. Whoa. Wow. Wow. Yeah, all those baby boomers, man. Yep. You got something from their childhood, dude. You can make a mint. Oh, oh God. I, I, I mean, if I had cash, it would just be those Led Zeppelin sweatsuits that we look at on eBay. And then a Jimmy Page. Oh, yeah. Those weren't so much money. I would have tried to snag them. But it gets to the point where I know it's just ridiculous money. And then it's like, all right, I'm going to get that. And then what? I'm going to play like John Bonham? You're not. <laughs> You're going to look like some jerk-off in Underoos. <laughs> you know, it's so true because you, you can't wear it, you know, because it's worth a fortune. And then it's just in your house and people go, what's that? And you go, uh, and first of all, you got to have people over to your house, which usually I don't want, uh, to show it off. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? All it does is remind people that you're not that person. <laughs> <laughs> hey, did you see Neil Pert retired yesterday? Isn't it? Pert, after all these years, you're supposed to say Neil Peart or something. Is it? Yeah, that actually fascinated me because I, I, you know, I bought like every drummer instructional video ever, I think, just about all of them. And he had one from the late 90s, early 2000s, where he was really working on his technique, which is hilarious because he was already a drum god, but he, he went back to playing traditional. Wow. Um, the way he was holding his stick, you know, like Buddy Rich and all that. Yep. And like, it was really all that, letting the stick do the work and all that. And I thought it was really cool that a guy who was a drum god like his, like him would stop and then go all the way back to ground zero and break it all down. And I remember on one tour, seeing that he was playing that way, it seemed. And then the next tour, he went back to match grip 
Um, he was just like, fuck it. Drums. That's just like holding the sticks the way like a baby would grab them, just like the natural <laughs> way you would grab them. Caveman. And and he retired saying that he had that tendonitis in his, his forearms. I was wondering if it was actually from... Uh, from that drum, it's, it's, it, it amazed me that that was the reason why he was stopping because I thought, you know, I watched that video it was like 20 years ago and his, his technique was incredible. So I was surprised that he was, I was, I was of the belief that if you learned, you know, that molar method technique with the sticks doing the work and you're not, you're, you're all relaxed, how you'd end up getting that stuff. So I was kind of surprised by that. Yeah, it, it, I was surprised that somebody just told me because I'm thinking, they they only play like once every five years. Why do you need to retire? You know, you just kind of get some. Uh, like I know people that had tendonitis. They got surgery, uh, like some kind of uh, laser surgery or whatever, and they're back to normal. You know, must be pretty intense. Well, I think also. I mean, the guy he's in his sixties. Yeah, he's he's ridden a motorcycle over half the planet. He's done all of this type of stuff, and you know, God knows he went through all that unbelievable tragedy in the nineties and stuff. I just think you know maybe he's like look. I'm in the final third here. Maybe I want to chill with my wife and my kid. I mean, I think it's, I like seeing people. I mean, as a fan, selfishly, I'd like to see him keep going. But just, you know, as a performer, watching somebody, watching them decide when it's over rather than uh, yep. people going like, oh, my God, I saw Rush in front of three people at Circus Circus, you know, in like 2030. <laughs> You know what I mean? Which, of course, would never happen. Yeah, yes. Circus, circus. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Dude, believe me. Yeah. I talk to my wife all the time about the exit strategy out of this business. And the joke is, I'm like, they're not getting me, dude. I'm not going to be that old comic in a tuxedo standing there at the Maxim Casino if that still exists in Vegas, oh. you know, going on right before the... Uh, I don't know, the, the Lionel Richie impersonator. You yeah. Know, I'm going to try to... <laughs> the Lionel Richie. my money as wisely as you can, which is, is, is a very difficult thing to do with all the criminals out there. It's crazy out there, right? Uh, I wanted to tell you thanks for that pie. I fucking tore that thing up. And uh, I had the worst Thanksgiving ever moving my shit into storage, but that pie was the fucking uh, gold <laughs> gold key, dude. Well, it, shit, dude, you should have called me. It was just me and Nia hanging out at the house. We would have loved to have you over. Hey, man, I don't... She actually asked. She actually asked me. She goes, what is Dean doing for Thanksgiving? <laughs> and I just assumed you, you were probably hanging with Alice Cooper knowing you. <laughs> dude, dude, I'd rather hang out with you than any of the rock stars. You know, I never get to see you anymore because you're like fucking so busy. So uh, anytime, just say, hey, come over and I'm there, man. All right. Absolutely. Well, I, I got to do the press for this thing and... and uh we got the premiere next week. I got you going to that Wednesday night at the Arclight. And, uh, I, I just uh, got the invite. I can't wait, man. It's going to be incredible. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a good time. You're going down. Rogan's going down. And uh, a buddy of mine, a director, Mike Finder, I did um, I did, did a film for him a few years ago. His kids are coming down. They're all growing up. They're coming down. And uh, it's, it's going to be an awesome time, man. It's going to oh. be a great time. But after that, dude, I'm on vacation. vacation. Oh, yeah? How long? Oh, I don't know. Uh, well, I got to see. You know what it really is. I don't haven't really have don't have anything booked for next year because I got to see if we're going to get a second season. How oh, Netflix right. does it is they they release it all at once and then they you know yep. go to their secret lair at the bottom of their building <laughs> evidently and then they decide like uh, you know if, if you're going to get a second season. So I've kind of left my tour schedule open. Um, but I got to tell you, dude, I'm so proud of this show that even if we didn't get a second season. 
like it was still totally worth it to do it because I had that much fun and the amount of like cool creative people that I met. Um, you know, it was just a uh, it was just a, a great experience. But I got a feeling I think we're gonna get. I mean, I never talk trash, but I mean. I think people are going to like this. God, it's so cool. What a great era, too. I, I think I think it's my favorite era of all time, just the 70s. I, I, I love it, man. Well, even if you didn't come up in the 70s, you know, it's, an, I'm, I'm, it's timeless enough where it's, you know, it's kids rebelling against their parents. I mean, it's we're not really reinventing the wheel here. So yeah. if you remember the 70s, that'll be cool. But if you don't, you can still enjoy it. So there you go. Look at that. Look at me being a politician. There's something there for everybody. <laughs> I love you, dude. And uh, I'll see you this week. You going to be out at the clubs at all? I got to go to New York to, uh, you know, be a dancing monkey here and promote this show. Oh, we come back next week. I'll be around. I'll probably be down the store not this weekend, next weekend. All right, man. Thank you so much. And uh, thank you for everything. We're at your studio and I love it here. Thank you, man. All right. Love you, brother. I'll talk to you later. See you later, man. Yeah, Bill Burr, man. Well, it sounds like he's available for uh, the February Improv versus Stand Up with you. I mean, that's all I heard. That's all, that's all I heard in this I, conversation. I heard he was uh, headlining my 50th birthday, February 3rd. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love that man. You, uh, know? you guys I mean, are real cute. If you guys, you know, if he wasn't married and, you know, you were looking for love, I could see a world where that would work out. Man, I just, I, I just love to be around somebody um, that's completely their self in yep. this business. You know what I mean? That's so uh, rare, you know. And there's a few guys I've been lucky enough to have as friends, uh, Marin and him, and and uh, you know guys like that. That uh, uh, Joe Rogan, you know, that you're just like that. You can you can you know learn from man. Yeah. It's just incredible, and they're great friends. So yeah, uh, really cool. And uh, I think this thing's gonna smoke. Cause yeah. you watch the trailer, right? It's great. It's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, it is. And I watched some other clips, and it's just funny shit. And, and you know what? You know it's going to be great. You know. My only, only, only fear, and I'm going to put it out there just so that it won't come true. I, I don't think it's that big of a deal, but it's Star Wars Day. Oh, oh yeah. It premieres. So yeah. you got to go watch Star Wars, and then come home, and you know, eat some snacks, and right. and watch every episode of F is for Family. I, uh, if it was on regular TV, I would say, yeah, that's a problem. But this is the Netflix right. Netflix world. And in that world, people will watch it uh, in line for Star right. Wars. <laughs> you yeah, yeah, know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So, well, they're bored in line. They go, all right, Netflix. Right. And then they're fucking happy as hell laughing yeah. <laughs> at this shit line they're in. We got a call. Let's grab it. Hey, man, you're on the air. Who's calling? Hey, it's Sean. Call from the highway. Sean from the highway. I've been there before. Yeah, man. I, look, I tell you what, dude, I looked in my rearview mirror and it was you. <laughs> you're, you're just quoting lyrics from my record from 1999. Well, no, I'm, I'm seeing things much clearer and I'm not confused. I got you, dude. Uh, how are you, yeah. man? Well, I got some memories that are still remembered, but, you know, some broken hearts still remain. Wow. All right. But, just... one, but one thing I can tell you, Dean and Spicy, is that she said the pain never goes well, away. I mean, every rose has a thorn, so. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. know, well, she's got I the just, looks to you know, kill. I mean, here's a man on the highway rolling sideways all alone, what I've always said. Especially on a November rain. Wow. You must have a slow yep. day today. It's <laughs> like I'm calling in and just <laughs> nah, quoting. I love you, dude. I love you. I just wanted to call and say, hey, man, I love what you're doing. And I want to congratulate you on your six years, buddy. Th thank you so much, man. Uh, where are you calling from, man? 
I call from Houston. Houston. The jungle, baby. Yeah. You know where you are. Yeah, yeah man. I'm you in the jungle. Connected down here, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that is the jungle. Houston literally, it was the swamp, but uh, yeah. same diff. So, so good. There are wide expanses of it that are <laughs> get a little hairy. <laughs> thank you so much, man. And uh, all right, Dean. Thank you for uh, tuning in, man. So cool. All right, buddy. I'm gonna let you go. Thank you, buddy. Keep it real, buddy. See ya later. Anyway. Spice, so I saw some, uh, I wanted to talk about the movies I saw this week, because uh, I finally got a chance uh -huh. to go to the movies. I was mm -hmm. in Vegas, bored. <laughs> I saw Creed. You seen it? So oh, good. you saw it. It's so good. I so invited you, and you were like, no, I don't want to go. And I was like, No, no, I had a spot. Oh, uh, you were like, no, I'm going to be a loser and sit here and be a loser. And I was like, fine. And no, I saw no, it. You're, I said, I got to do three spots right here <laughs> yeah. at the comedy store. I'm <laughs> home in underwear. I don't I don't want to go out. You I'm left going, the store, and then you came back, and I was like, did you go? And you go, yeah, I it saw was great. it. Yeah. Wasn't that great? It was so good. I mean, it is the formula. Yeah. It is Rocky One, but updated and modernized and done so. I think I told you this after I saw it. Like, it's the formula done well, whereas, in my opinion, Southpaw, the Jake Gyllenhaal movie, yeah. is the same formula, but somehow a B minus, whereas right. Creed is an A plus. Right. It's like they just, they know all the beats, they hit them. Michael B. Jordan, the dude is a fucking star. Yep. Uh, it's just electric on the screen every time you see him. Sylvester yeah. Stallone. Crushed it. One of the best acting performances I think he's ever done. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. I, I, I think I cried like three times during the film. It's a choker, man. I talked to Jesus Trejo, another comedian some people might know, yep. and, and Nick Youssef after I saw it. Uh, and I man cried five times. Yeah. Five times. And yep. what man crying is, there's like real crying, like tears. And man crying is also the like, if anyone's watching, you can see, I'll describe. But like you're you're watching the movie and you like, you move around in your seat. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're like, yeah. Ugh. Uh, and you're just like squirming. That's man crying. That's hemorrhoids. I think that's what you're. <laughs> no, it's like this is you're describing emotionally uncomfortable. Yeah. But I don't know how to handle it because I'm a man. Yeah. You're just like. Ugh. Yeah, it's uh, it, it gets you, man. Well, you know what? As I was watching the movie, um, and going back to Burr's show and stuff, like I grew up in the '70s, and it really hit me there uh, on this film. Not all the Rockies after, you know. It's like all the Jaws is after. I don't care about, but the original, the story and the character of Rocky, you realize, is so monumental in my life. As I saw that movie, you know, as a kid, you're like, fuck, that, as cheesy as this sound, makes you think, like, shit could happen for me. Yeah. You know, when you're just a loser kid and your mom, you know, you're on welfare and you got nothing, you know? Yeah. Yet I've really, really loved Rocky One. And as I watched Creed, it made me love Rocky One more. Yeah, totally. You know? We got a call. I'm going to look something up. Yeah. Uh, you there, man? What's happening? Who's calling? It's uh, Brad here from. It's Brad from Perth in Western Australia. Hey man, how are you, Australia? Love it, dude. Yeah, not bad. Yourself? Yeah, we're good here. We're just talking. Uh, we just got off the air talking to Bill Burr about his brand new show on Netflix, Evis for Family. Oh man, I'm hoping that uh, there's talk about Netflix getting all the U.S. content here. So hopefully we'll be able to get that as well. Yeah, but, I uh, did. At the moment, we have a pretty. We have a limited Netflix content here at the moment, um, but hopefully, yeah, we'll pick up all that stuff soon. Yeah, yeah, man, once you do, you're going to be uh, not leaving the house, you know, because look, oh, yeah. look at all the shit you can watch, all the great comedy specials and, and all the documentaries, man, you get sucked in. 
Mate, I'll spend half my time sitting there searching through everything, trying to decide what to watch. Oh, should I watch this one? Should I watch this one? Should I watch this one? That's true, right? Like, by the time you pick something, you fall asleep. <laughs> How are that's you? My, that's, my, that's my ritual. I end up watching fucking nothing. So. <laughs> How are you out in Australia? Yeah, good. Yeah, awesome. Just heading off to work, and uh, I noticed I was just sitting there having some breakfast before I left, and uh, I saw you on Periscope, and I thought, oh, I'll give you a call. I've been trying to call for a while, but the time zones never really line up. So I thought this is a perfect exam, a perfect chance to, to to give you guys a buzz. That's awesome, man. Now uh, we're talking about anything today, you know. Do you have a question? Well, I guess I guess I do. Yeah, I um. I don't know if you remember or not. I sent you a, a recording of my son. Um, oh, I, yeah, you, I do remember that, man. Your son played guitar. Yeah, plays guitar, sings a bit, writes a few songs and stuff, and uh, he's heading right down the road of the acoustic. So he's, he's played a, an electric his whole life, and he's getting right into the acoustic stuff. And in the last couple of weeks, we've been really lucky here. We've had um, some great bands tour. We had ACDC just last week awesome. uh, we had uh, a couple of big Aussie bands The Living End and, uh, and Cold Chisel toured and Cooper and I went and saw both of them uh, and, and ACDC as well and then he went and saw Ed Sheeran the other night and he was raving probably more about Ed Sheeran than anybody else wow and wow. I was wondering what, what you thought of Ed Sheeran because I'm not a, I mean I don't mind his music but it, to me it sounds a little bit all the same but he said one man standing on stage with no one else and, and a crowd of 30,000. He said it was just unbelievable. Wow. Well, I know, I know Ed Sheeran just got nominated for a Grammy. Um, and I'm a huge acoustic fan. Uh, I mean, I love Jeff Tweedy. I love Wilco. I love Ryan Adams. Uh, I love Neil Young. Guys, when they play alone and can hold a crowd... It's incredible. There's really nothing like that besides comedy. You Jeff know? Buckley before he passed Jeff was Buckley. the best I'd ever seen live. Jeff Just him, a chair, and yeah. a guitar. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Unbelievable. I, and and we're talking about like Rocky making us cry. I seen Tweety tell stories and go into songs and just blow my fucking mind, you know? Like, wow. So I can relate. Uh, you know, if your son's loving... Instruments and music, that's just a win, man. Oh, yeah, I'm really, I'm really proud of him. He's, uh, he, he works really hard at it. He spends a lot of time practicing. And uh, for a 14 year old to, to write songs and stuff, and you know, really, it's, you're bearing your soul, aren't you? So it's not easy for a 14 year old, especially a 14 year old boy. They don't like to fucking let anybody know anything about them, but to sit there and write songs and yeah, I think mean, it's it's pretty cool. So yeah, we try to encourage him as much as we can. Well, I met, I saw the video, and this your kid has killer talent, man. And usually, when people send me videos of their kids or whatever, uh, I'm I'm like, ah, oh, you know, it's like, cause yeah, of course, if you're a parent, you're like, look how great my kid is. He's totally talented. And then you go, yeah, <laughs> but your kid had it, man. I and I wrote you back and I told you, I said, man, that guy has it. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I appreciate that. I was just interested in your in your um, you know, in your thoughts because obviously you've been around music a long time and you've seen some of the greats and it's always nice to hear because yeah, you know, we have friends here. They go, oh wow, you've got a lot of talent, you know. And you go, yeah, but it's nice to get somebody's 
uh, opinion who actually knows what the fuck they're talking about rather than uh, you know, just saying it to be nice. Yeah, well, keep him on the track, uh, man. Keep him on the track, you yeah. know? And he's got a few more songs actually ready to go. We've just got to find time to get him in the studio and get him recorded, so... That's great. He does all the does all the lyrics himself, does all the guitar himself. Uh, the last one that was it, but this next one he wants to do the bass as well. So that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, tell everyone before you go, tell everyone where they can see that. It's on YouTube, right? Uh, no, it's not on YouTube, but it's on. Uh, he's on um, iTunes, and you can see it on Apple. Uh, find it on Apple Music as well. His name's Cooper Brown. So get out there and have a listen to it. Awesome. Um, support, support young talent. Absolutely, man. Thanks for calling in. I love you, and I, I hope to get to Australia soon, man. If I do, you're on the list. Oh, man, don't worry. I'll, uh, I'm more than happy to pay my way. Um, I will say this, though. Um, when my Green Dean shirt thing, uh, turns up, I'll take it down to Bond statue and get a photo of it with him. God, I can't wait. I can't <laughs> wait to get there, man. Australia is calling. Well, the tour is on me, mate. So I'll uh, I'll give you the tour of Fremantle and uh, the full ACDC experience. There you go, man. Candles lit. Thanks for calling in. Take care, guys. Have a good one. See ya. Later. So what I was going to say, what I looked up to get the facts right before yeah. I messed it up. Yeah. Uh, no spoilers here. Not that it's it's not it's hard to spoil Creed. Um, no spoilers. But in the movie Creed, uh, in his first professional fight, yeah, there is a scene. And there is a fight, and it is two rounds, and that is all one take. Oh, yeah. I read one that somewhere. One take. They shot it 12 times, oh. and the 10th time was the one they used in the film. And wow. this is two real rounds of boxing. Yeah. Choreographed, yeah. where they have the fighters moving around, the yeah. people in the corners reacting, the audience reacting. Yeah. And then you have a person with a steady cam in the ring maneuvering around this thing. I remember watching it going, this is incredible. It looks like one take, but after yeah. Birdman came out, yeah. you just assume that it's creative trickery or whatever, like, oh, the referee crossed the film. That's yeah. where they cut it right yeah, there. Yeah. No, one fucking take. Oh. Incredible. So oh. it's a, it's a, I think, beautiful movie just to watch and enjoy and love and also technically. And what I also want to, while there is a, a plot point about a gun in Creed, there's no guns. Yeah, no guns. There's no guns. There's no, like, so much, there's violence, it's boxing, but, like, yeah. so much of today's world is horrific at times, and it, it's nice to go watch a movie that is deep, complex, mature, and doesn't reduce itself to spraying the world with explosions. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's a story. Right. I think the the thing about Rocky One was it wasn't a boxing movie, it was a love story. Right. It was just a love for a city, a love for a sport, and a love of a woman that he meets in a pet store. Yeah. That fucking blows my mind. Those scenes are so tender against the violent boxing right. that it's really mind-boggling, the juxtapose of it. When you watch it, you just go like, wow. Yeah. And and the way that film looked, you know, everything about it. And, and it's funny, here we are 100 years later, and the character still feels great to me. Yeah. You know, and it, he really... Yeah, because there's so many of those Rockies that happen later. It's just like, oh, go watch oh. Rocky one, Rocky two, yeah. and then Rocky Balboa. Yeah, and then Creed. Yeah, to me, that's the Rocky narrative. The yeah. others are funny. Like, yeah. After you've watched those for the art, then go watch Rocky against Mike in the Street Fighter or whatever the yeah. fuck Rocky yeah. Five or whatever that was. Rocky one, Rocky two. Yeah. Rocky Balboa, Creed. Yeah. Great movies. I mean, you know, you got to look at that area. You had Rocky. You had Jaws. You got Cuckoo's Nest. 
all these films that had incredible characters and uh, yeah. incredible acting. Stallone can fucking act. Yeah. And it was funny. I was talking to uh, somebody. I can't. Re- oh, it was Ian Edwards. And he was like, man, I'm so tired of all those comedians when they just for years would do Stallone. Like, lah, 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 lah. And then you realize, yeah, that's a character he's doing. <laughs> just like this Rocky one, man. He's fucking great he's in great. it, you know? And he was great in Copland. And no one ever talks about that. Copland was going to be like his comeback. I think that's because Copland was a shitty movie. I liked Copland. Oh, it's like three and a half hour. It's it's bloated Oscar bait is <laughs> I, what it is. I love Copland. And I think he's good in it. But it is yeah. like, we're trying to make this serious movie about <laughs> these hot button issues. And I was just like, yawn. Oh, now, man. Now, I'll tell you what I'm fucking going crazy crazy over okay i mean crazy is this leonardo film coming out i have friends that have seen it and while i cannot say what my friends have told me i can't say which friends have told me they loved it yeah they loved it oh i mean first of all it's funny because i want i was in the theater and they showed the trailer for the hateful eight yeah now which i've heard is also fucking almost perfect really yeah well the trailer's not it, it, the trailer makes it just look like this kind of hokey. It's the Quentin, the new Quentin, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah, a I, hokey, you know, like a Saturday Night Live sketch or something. Yeah, it's just joke after joke after joke every year. Like I get it. <laughs> it just like it was. It's just punchlines. There's no, and it's funny because I talked to somebody that saw the film and they go, "Yeah, the trailer is not the tone of the movie at all." And uh, I think maybe they're trying to make it feel a little light, so you get in there and then you just see mad fucking killings, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But they showed that trailer, and 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 Tarantino is such a stylistic man. Yeah, uh, all his films look incredible. They have a a very heavy style feel, like a Wes Anderson movie. You know, it's a Tarantino film. But I watched that, and it didn't feel like anything. Hmm. And right after that trailer came the uh, Leonardo it's film, a Revenant or something like that. Revenant. Yeah. yeah. Oh fuck. When you see the way the sweeper shot on the fucking lake and then the snow and then the horse going off the cliff and and the bear and everything, you're just going like, wow, this thing looks unbelievable. And it's the Birdman director. Yeah. uh, Yeah. If I I may cross promote another All Things Comedy podcast, Dollop, they did an amazing episode about this. Uh, Okay. Look back in the archives. About this movie? About the story of Hugh Glass. Oh, wow. The real guy. Yeah, the real guy. It's a true story, right? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's the crazy. Birdman director and also another technical marvel that may or may not pay off come award season, All Natural Light. Wow. And so here's a guy who's known for his huge sweeping cranes oh, yeah, and I these see, I've seen the magnificent crane, hands yeah. and this oh. beautiful cinematography. All Natural Light. And so they got kept getting fucked on, on budget and time because yeah. whether you want to say it's climate change or whatever about poor planning, little A, little B, like they were shooting and the weather wasn't cooperating, so they had to leave they were shooting scenes when it was supposed to be the winter when it was spring yeah. and getting hot and they're out there in furs and then they're out there when it's supposed to be spring and it was like negative 14 oh. and the cast and crew is just fucking suffering oh but it looks like visually it pays off i've heard the story is fairly simple like yeah. it's not there's yeah. not like a we know like Shyamalan twist right it's like yeah. a guy going to avenge his son well, but he, that's all Braveheart is. And I guess they're, great. they're out like on some kind of expedition, and then a bear attacks them, and then they leave him for dead, right? Yeah. And then they kill his son for some reason. We don't know yet, but he sees his son getting killed. Yeah, uh, as he's like buried, uh, still kind of alive or whatever. Uh, Tom Harding, yeah, uh, who's fucking great. And I and I can't say it enough, but I think Leonardo is so underrated, man. 
I mean, from Gilbert Grape all the way on, I've always been entertained by this man. I don't know if he's underrated. I I, I would like to see he's him. He's not rated, then. I think he is. I, I mean, he hasn't won an Oscar. Right. I'd like to see him bring a statue home, but I don't think there's anyone that are like that. that honestly thinks he can't act i think maybe i don't his think playboy not lifestyle. Act, but they never talk about it you know like maybe. like i thought he was incredible in the um in the aviator man yep. you know and uh, gilbert grape and uh, of course everything he does i think is great. i wonder if it's because he's such a wonderful person and, and like everybody envies him yeah that people don't talk about him and hold him up because it's kind of like Tom Brady, the quarterback of the New England Patriots. Yeah. Here's a beautiful man who has a beautiful wife, beautiful children, a beautiful yeah. football career. Everything's going good. So no one needs to sing his praises yeah. because he's fucking Tom Brady versus someone like, uh, oh God, what's his name? Uh, Lincoln, incredible actor, Daniel Day-Lewis. Yeah. Daniel Day-Lewis, yeah. incredible fucking actor. Yeah. But like, for all we know, doesn't have the charmed life of being perfect. Like yeah. instead, he goes out and lives in the woods for two months to prepare for a role. So it's easy to lift him up, or like yeah, John yeah. Malkovich. Yeah, yeah. Whereas like Leonardo DiCaprio, incredible fucking actor, uh-huh. but we were not watching him his, his movies. We're watching him fuck ten supermodels. Yeah. So no one is like, dude. I mean, I'm going back. I've I've been watching this fucking guy since I was a kid. Yeah. Gilbert Grape, Basketball Diaries. Yeah. Like, remember, I mean, he was in Basketball Diaries, man. It's a yeah. fucking great film, you know? So it's, uh, I can't wait for that. And as I watched the trailer, I was like, just give him all the awards. It looks good. Oh, man, it looks great. Yeah. Now, I, I saw Bond. Did you see Bond? I haven't seen it. I've heard it was interesting but forgettable. You know, what's fucking weird is everybody said that, and it almost detoured me from seeing it, but I'm a huge Bond guy. I never yeah. missed a Bond since uh, Roger Moore era. Spy Who Loved Me was the first one I ever saw as a kid, and I was like, oh, I love this. <laughs> fucking hooked, and I've seen every one. Uh, and and I tell you what, this fucking film's great. I, hmm. People are just like, I think they just want... Like nonstop something, you know. Yeah. But this film had it all. It had Bond skin, which we always need Bond or Bond in the snow, not necessarily skin, but snow Bond. Right. It had train Bond. He's uh-huh. on a train. It had car chase Bond. That's December. I mean, that's January Bond. I'm getting the calendar of yeah, Bond yeah. right now. Yeah, but yeah. all the classic Bond shit. Yeah. It had amazing. Um, uh, locations were blowing my mind. Yeah. And and fucking. The the new Bond is just killer, man. Yeah, you know uh, that guy crushes it. And this, is this Daniel Craig's last Bond? It's rumored it might be his last. Uh, he just said but... that because they asked him immediately after he finished. Yeah. yeah, he got so hurt on this one. He's like, never. But he's, oh, yeah. I think he's open. Yeah, yeah. And, and he's wearing a great watch in this one. Man. If you're a watch guy like me, Omega hit yeah. it out of the park with this new uh, Bond. Watch seventy five hundred bucks Omega Bond model, and I immediately I was like, I need that. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) so cool, man. But uh, go out and see Bond, man. I can't. I don't understand why people uh, making sure it's on my list. We're slagging on that, man. It's fucking really good. Me, Jesus, and uh, Jeremiah saw it in Vegas. All three of us walked out like that was fucking great, and we saw it for five dollars, which is unheard of in L.A. So right. five bucks, it was just smoking for five bucks. Yeah, well, I feel like a lot of things in Vegas are cheap because everything else isn't. Yeah. So yeah. like anything other than the casino, like, yeah, okay, you need a break. Here, we'll pay you to go see this. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then now go gamble. Yeah. Go fuck whores. We, go waste your life. It we, is Spectre good... on my list. Oh, God, it's really good. What else is on your list? So this is called having a seven-month-old. So oh, yeah, oh. I just haven't. every time a movie comes out, I want to see it, add it to my list. So here's what I haven't seen that I still want to okay. see. 
Because if I don't add it to a list, I forget about it. Yep. And you just get hyped up about the new things. It's true. Inside Out, Ant-Man, Mission Impossible, Rogue Nation, The Gift, Sicario? Sicario, I saw that. Steve Jobs, yeah. Inspector. I didn't see that Mission Impossible, which is which is weird, because I love that series, too. Yeah, it was really good. Fuck, I forgot all about that movie. That's, why, I have, that's why I'm checking, my, and I'm going to add uh, Revenant to it right now. What was the one we talked about right before Revenant? Uh, oh, Hateful oh, Eight. Hateful Eight. There's a lot of great movies coming out. God, so many. A lot of great ones. Uh, you know, we got uh, the Tarantino, Hateful Eight. We have this... This one we have uh, Star Wars. Star Wars. I mean, it seems like uh, it's going to be a really uh, oh, re- and uh, crowded Christmas. What's that? Uh, it's Brad Pitt. And oh, that looks great. The too. short, the big short. Oh, like that. That fucking looks great, man. That Brad Pitt. That's about uh, the banks uh, being robbers. Yeah, it yeah. looks good, man. Brad that's Pitt so great in that. Not to bring the conversation down a bit, but uh, I had some buddies talking about this. And it's scary and it's weird and whatever. After San Bernardino, the mass shooting and terrorist act, the most recent yeah. one here in Southern California, people were talking. I had friends, groups of friends of mine sitting around going, hey, are you still going to go to Star Wars opening day? Yeah. And they were like, you know what? I think so. I think that there's, you know, we're in a big enough city that the chance at the theater that I see it in and there's a mass shooting there is small. Right. And like statistically, it's small for everybody. But one, we have lived in a privileged society where we don't have to think about this shit. There are people in countries all over the world where they have yeah. to deal with real life violence every day. Yeah, they're but not it, even going to a movie theater. They don't have a movie oh. theater, yeah. But yeah. It, it's interesting, it was the first time in, in my adult life where not as a joke or whatever, it was a serious conversation where friends were like, are you guys still gonna go to this? Right. Or does this concern you? And that's fucked up. Yeah, that um, yeah, is. I don't I need to dive into uh, my field beliefs on guns. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, it was just weird talking about movies and lighthearted and you know, going and watching things. It's, uh, you know, it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, being around the rodeo people that I was talking about earlier yeah. with um, with Burr, it's uh, it's funny because I was sitting in the casino and these guys, everyone, I'm, I'm talking fuck it, thousands. Yeah, I'm not talking. I'm talking about one of the biggest rodeos in the world is comes to Vegas and it is like something you've never seen. Yeah. And I appreciate, at first I'm clowning them because they're wearing these cowboy hats at these, fuck, every guy the same. Cowboy hat, big belt, silver belt with gold letters like champion or whatever, then boots and uh, and a fucking Wranglers, you know? Yeah. And I'm clowning them. And then I'm thinking, yeah, then look how I dress, you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm still trying to be a rock and roller at 50, which is my look. It's in my blood. I right. could never just all of a sudden start wearing cotton dockers and a button-up shirt. I own no button-up shirts, no tie. I don't know how to how to fucking tie a tie. <laughs> yeah. uh, no blazers, none of that shit. So uh, I'm clowning on them. But it is amazing when you think about uh, how different people are from the states man you know like uh, i'm talking california new york probably portland seattle austin part of texas austin you know (laughs) yeah and that's probably and maybe colorado yeah there's some other areas madison wisconsin like a weird couple sprinkles but the rest really really uh feels to me like they live in the like 40s still or something i don't know what it is it's just uh they're really rigid on <laughs> on any like thing, you know, gay gay marriage, uh, guns, uh, uh, races, 
everything. It's 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 pretty strange and it's scary because as I watched that, I was like, well, this is who Trump's talking to. Yeah, you're seeing it change though, and I think in Marin's WTF episode with Lauren Michaels, yeah. you know, Lauren has an interesting perspective on that as well. He's like, you know, the New York and LA press was killing us. Like yeah. this was when Mark was auditioning, and just like dragging us over the coals. And he's like, but we realized. You know, that's not who we're playing to. That's who's writing up reviews about us saying we're dead, yeah. but we're killing in Nebraska. That was amazing. We're, he said that to me. Yeah. I mean, not to me. To, uh, he said that, and I heard it, and I was like, wow. He said, that's not our market. Right. It, Which it, is really crazy, because as I watch the jokes, it feels like it is trying to be that market, and it's just not edgy enough for that market. Right. And that, But he straight up said, you know, that's not what we're going for. But now, you know, you have shows like SNL and stuff like that unites a culture to some extent. And now with like Netflix, everybody's going to go watch Bill's show on the 18th. And it's like, here's someone that otherwise wouldn't have had access to a Spike and Mike's animation festival when it was in San Francisco and right. got to see like edgy, awesome shit. And everybody gets to see everything and culture is being homogenized, which can be looked at as a negative. I, th I was joking with you when we were in Phoenix, like, uh, oh man, what do you do in uh, what do you do in Scottsdale? The same thing you do everywhere: watch Netflix and go to Chili's. Like yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah, America yeah, everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the same time, you know, culture and beliefs and views are being shared into pockets of the world where they had never met an Indian before, yeah. and now everybody's watching Izzy's and Sari's Master of None, yeah. and they're getting that perspective. Whether you agree with it or are clapping along, it doesn't matter. You're seeing something that in your town. You know, in my suburb of Houston, there were like four black kids. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think it's good to be exposed to stuff. Um, and I, I do too. That's where we're going as a society. That's why I never knock hipsters. Because <laughs> I think whenever I go to a town, I go, where do the hipsters hang out? Because that's going to be where the good shit's going to be. <laughs> some good food, a record store, yeah. uh, some uh, multicultural, you know, there's going to be, it's going to be different races. And, uh, you know, so... It's it's just crazy, you know. And it all it's funny. This whole episode has a great theme around uh, F is for family, you know, because <laughs> yeah. it, it it comes down to uh, back in an era where everybody was just like really kind of their self. They weren't really pushing stuff down and hiding stuff. Yeah, you know, whatever they were. If they, you know, it was out in the open. <laughs> yeah, know? the only the only difference to that, and me being a little younger than you, so. It may be have changed. The difference I feel like where we are now is everything is out in the open in terms of like Snapchat, Twitter, Facebook, like celebrities don't have private lives. Whereas before, maybe it was in the 50s or 60s, when you went home and closed the door, yeah, that shit was off limits to anyone else. Like yeah. if you were in your house and you heard your neighbor beating the shit out of their kid or yeah. their wife or their husband. You weren't periscoping it. Right. And you weren't <laughs> knocking on their door or calling the cops. Yeah. Like that was like they're in their That's home. That's their gig. That's their shit. Now it's, you know, if I see a kid at the park and like a parent is 10 feet away. I'm like, Oh, I should probably call child protective services. They should be five feet away. You know what I mean? Yeah, like that's yeah, a yeah. ludicrous example, yeah. but there wasn't an, an era where you shut your door and you were done. We got a call. Let's grab it. Hey man, you're on the air. Who's calling? Hey, this is uh, Eric from Michigan. What's going on, man? What part of Michigan you in? Detroit. Fuck. Yeah. Detroit. I love Detroit. Hey, what podcast is this? <laughs> this is Dean Del Rey, Let There Be Talk. Oh, no shit. I, Dean Del Rey, so I, you, your stand-up's funny as fuck. I've never listened to your podcast before. I thought this was punch drunk. Well, a little they, late, buddy. Yeah, that was a couple hours ago. Yeah. <laughs> Noon to two every Tuesday. Yeah. So... <laughs> 
But now you what have you to listen talk? to Dean's uh, podcast because you're on it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you can tell your friends, like, man, this is when I called the wrong podcast. Check it out at, at uh, one hour and ten seconds in. <laughs> what, what are you guys talking about? We're talking about anything you want to talk about. Uh, what's going on in Detroit? You live out there. What do you do out there for a job? Right now, I'm fucking driving auto parts around and fucking smoking weed. Smoking weed. Now, uh, not at the same time though. That would be bad. <laughs> now, now Detroit. I what I I watched a thing on YouTube. I don't know if you saw it, but it was Johnny Knoxville. He did a thirty-minute uh, documentary on Detroit with uh, like hipsters are fixing it up and uh, urban farming and all that. Are you are you part of that at all, or uh, do you see that part well, of Detroit? I'm part of it. Um, there's a lot of hipsters down there now. It's like there's it's there's basically just like I mean there's still parks that you don't want to go to, but there's a lot of Detroit that's just all hipsters and it's getting revitalized. That's cool, right? Yeah, that's definitely cool. They're doing, yeah, they're doing a bunch of urban farming too. I saw that's that. It was incredible. Yeah. Now, well. have you ever been out to that area where Jack White used to live, where all the uh, automotive uh, billionaires used to live in those giant like mansions? Yeah, like Gross Point. Yeah, Gross Point. Yeah, I've been there. I go there every day. I'm delivering auto parts. Oh fuck, man! <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you something because I'm I'm curious. Uh, what is what is? Do you live alone? Do you have a roommate? What is the average rent in Detroit? Shit, I live alone right now. I live 20 minutes outside the city, probably 2025. 20, My rent's five fifty a month for a single bedroom. And what kind is it's like a one bedroom apartment or what is it? Yeah, it's a one bedroom apartment. It's uh it's two separate rooms and it's like seven hundred and fifty square feet. Wow. Five fifty. You know what that cost in LA? Two thousand. Oh, yeah, that's fucking insane. <laughs> Unless you want to live in like complete heroin gunfire area. And there it's gonna be eighteen hundred. <laughs> <laughs> You said fifteen hundred in the heroin gunfire area. <laughs> now, do you enjoy Detroit? Yeah, it's fun. I I actually want to fucking move to some other city. Really? Fucking, uh, I actually do a little bit of stand-up comedy on the side. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Do you yeah, ever do? I've, I've you ever been go doing to that? A few open mics, and uh, but there's just not much of a scene out here. Now. Uh, do they really there's no like comedy scene in Detroit like in the hipster area like open mics and uh alt shows and stuff there's not real I mean there's a lot of alt shows like uh band wise like music wise right but uh so much comedy there's there's like there's two or three good clubs out here what's out there the comedy castle uh, yeah Mark Ridley's is out here yeah in Royal that's uh that's a pretty decent one. Um shit, what's the other one in Livonia? Yeah, there's a there's a couple. Right. Mark Ridley's is probably the best. Well, I mean, it sounds like Detroit is like where you should maybe start your own show, you know, and get it fucking going because your rent is low. You know <laughs> what I mean? And uh and you to be an artist, you got to have a low overhead, so maybe start your own show up, dude. Find a place and do it. 
Yeah, actually, yeah. I need to get a stronger act together first. Well, it doesn't. No, what you do is you start your own show, do an open mic, and then you host it, and you become a fucking great comedian from being on stage nonstop hosting it, you know? Yeah. Huh. Try it, dude. And yeah. then book Dean and I, and we'll come out. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it'll be fun. We'll fucking support your show, dude. So go out and do it, and then call in a few months and tell me how it's going. And this show is from 2.30 to 3.30 yeah. <laughs> Pacific time. Pacific. What's, it's, uh, what was it called one more time? Let There Be Talk. It's on iTunes. Dean Del Rey's Let, Let There Be Talk. Okay. Fuck yeah, dude. And uh, watch Bill Burr's new TV show, December 18th, F is for Family, all right? Yeah, I saw the trailer. It looks hilarious. I fucking miss Bill Burr when he was in Detroit. I was so pissed. Oh, yeah, he was just there, man. Yeah, I know. I was pissed. I I wish I would have seen that, but yeah. Go start that open mic, dude. You can do it, man. Don't fucking be lazy. Put down the pipe and hit it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Thank dude, you, guys. You got to do it. See you later, man. We got to go. All right, take care, man. Thanks. Later. That's the show, man. Uh, let's thank Bill Burr for calling in. What a what a great guy. And uh, everybody, once again, watch his show. Yeah. What do you got coming, Spice? This Thursday is Improv versus Stand Up here at UCB LA. UCB Franklin, if you are in Los Angeles. Also want to give a, a shout-out to Cynic Cave in San Francisco. It's at Lost Weekend Video. It's every Saturday. I was just up there last Saturday. It is one of my favorite shows on Earth. It's oh, yeah, a the super video small place in the mission basement and uh just incredible show nato green uh george chan what did you drop my name and oh and dean del rey i gotta (laughs) no i wasn't on the show i gotta plug i gotta plug (laughs) dean del rey no uh let me see what else uh and also dean del rey if you don't follow dean del rey (laughs) get out here you should follow dean del rey uh all right real quick gonna be uh death squad secret show wednesday night very, very big guest, uh, headliner, me, Red Band, and a few other great comedians, 8.30 in the main room. Friday night, I'll be at the Comedy Store in the main room, 11 p.m. Uh, I'll be at the Laugh Factory, 12.30 Sunday night, and then I'm off to, uh, not Sunday night, Friday night. Sunday night to see Lemmy's uh, birthday party, going to Lemmy's party, and I'll periscope from there and, uh, and show you guys a little Lemmy 70th birthday. Thanks for uh, calling in, everyone. Keep leaving the reviews, and if you want to donate, hit patreon.com slash Dean Del Rey to this podcast. Very easy way to uh, to donate. Spicer set it up, and uh, I'm at 155 bucks, I think, which is awesome. That's awesome. That is killer, man. So thanks, everybody, and uh, keep rocking. See ya. Light the candles. Yeah, you got to hit that shit.